Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wrestling with Edwards podcast. It's been a while. This is the first show back in about a month, and I'm happy to say that it is the full gear preview with Robbie Sutter. Robbie, how are you today? I am doing well, Scotty. Thanks so much for having me on your show, and uh, more importantly, on your episode back into the podcasting world. I know that you've taken a little bit of a break, so it's great to be on this particular episode. It's it's like a new generation. You know what it's like? Um, you remember Super Smash Brothers Brawl for the Wii? Sure do. Love that yeah. game. Yeah, you remember that 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 launch trailer they came out with, and it's like. It's like all the character models from Super Smash Brothers, mainly for the GameCube from the previous generation. They're yes. all running, and they and they're like overlaid by their brawl models. That's what it feels like. It almost feels like we're jumping into a new uh, generation of sorts. So this is really exciting. Yeah, it's a nice like freshened up version of the show. Of course, this is the first show with the new logo and everything. Uh, the 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 goal is also to be a little bit more direct. I'm not going to cover everything every week anymore. Because listen, NXT 2.0 has done a number on me. I <sighs> I can't talk about that show on a weekly basis. I just yeah. can't. I, and I think you can agree. I saw <laughs> I saw your tweet the other day of how you said I don't think I'm the target audience for this show. Yeah, you're not. Just like no. I'm not. No, I'm not. Yeah, it's. <sighs> I'm trying not to get too negative about WWE because that's not really what this episode's about. It's it's about us talking about um, Full Gear. And it's funny because, you know, what was the last time I was on your show? I think it was the All Out Review, right? We did it back in September with Nick. That yes. was the last time, right? Yes, yeah. yes. It was a great time. A lot. A lot's happened since then. You know, um, just in my own life, my brother got married last month. That was a big deal. Uh, we celebrated my sister's birthday a few days after that. A lot of fun. Um, little plug here, Fightful Magazine issue 5 just came out. Digital and physical versions are out right now. I wrote about WWE All-Stars, which I believe to be Great one game. of the more underrated games in the WWE uh, lineage. So I wrote about that. It's a, I think it's a pretty good piece. It's available on FightfulMag.com if you guys want to check it out. And, uh, oh, uh, WWE themselves also released 18 wrestlers last week, so... That was also a choice. Uh, a lot's happened. <laughs> Has you know, been. I wonder if the over-under for if they were going to release people between now, uh, <laughs> between All Out of Full Gear, I probably would have said 15, honestly. And I probably would have hoped under, but ha, joke's on us. Nah, dude. And that that's a whole other can of worms we can get into. But uh, needless to say, neither you or me are particularly happy about that. I... No, we're not happy about it. But I was thinking, imagine if, well, I would say none none of those wrestlers will be appearing on full gear. However, mm-hmm. however, you know, they've released so many people throughout the year. You never know what might happen on Saturday night. But that's enough about WWE and them being WWE. Let's talk about AEW. I feel like. You know, last time you and me had this discussion, of course, Nick joined us. It was just, you know, all happiness. I mean, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole just debuted. Minoru Suzuki challenged John Moxley. And, of course, I bring up John Moxley, and this is our chance to, you know, wish him the best. He is showing the most 
courage and it's pure respect on our behalf. Uh, we, we can only hope that, you know, everything goes good. I'm sure it will because the fact that he was willing to make the decision on his own can't help but applaud it. Yeah, same here. Um, addiction in any sense, whether it's alcohol or drugs or what have you, it's a tough thing to face and it's very difficult. You know, dealing with the, the issue itself is difficult. It seems like, at least from an outsider's perspective, that finding help or seeking out help is even tougher. So the fact that he's now getting the help that he needs, like you said, it does show a lot of courage and don't know when he's going to be back. Don't know what his status is. Uh, the hope is that he's doing better and, you know, he'll take slow and uh, come back when he's, when he's back where he needs to be. You know, that mixed with the Eddie Kingston article from this week made me realize and, you know, become so happy with what wrestling has become because there was a time where saying you had mental health issues or saying you needed to get help in any sense was frowned upon, not only in the business of wrestling, but just overall. So I'm happy that we've gotten to the point where these wrestlers can be open these wrestlers can get that help. I think that is a true blessing. And, you know, I, a lot has been good, going good for AEW. And I think the moment, whenever John Moxley comes back, it'll be one of the biggest pops we ever hear for a return. I'm sure it's going to be. And a good thing that you brought up the, um, the Eddie Kingston uh, blog post that he had written, it does shed a positive light on the the importance of mental health awareness and getting the help you need and being able to express it. It's, you know, I don't know if we're there yet as far as this sort of universal acceptance of mental health and getting help for it, but we're, you know, we're getting there. It's, and I've made this, um, this sort of comparison when we were on the episode, we did the, the Daphne tribute like you wouldn't shame someone for catching a cold, for example, right? Or like, let's say you broke your hip, like you wouldn't shame someone for suffering that. So why would you shame someone for experiencing these obstacles as far as their mental health is concerned? So hopefully, you know, things like this build and we can have this sort of universal acceptance when it comes to mental health. One hundred percent agree uh you know that eddie kingston uh article post blog whatever you want to call it uh it it spoke to me i think it spoke to a lot of people and i i don't know if this was always a planned thing for him to do it before what could potentially be called the biggest match of his career but I'm very interested to see the reaction on Saturday night. I'm very interested interested to see how people react to Eddie because people love Eddie as is. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine that helped. So it should be a great, great show in Minneapolis on Saturday night. And that's where we finally get to our talking point of the night. 
AEW Full Gear. Maybe their biggest show of the year in terms of just looking at the card. It probably is their biggest show of the year. They have what I think is the biggest match in their history set in the main event. Robbie, how have you felt about the build for this show heading in? Um, Generally speaking, I've been very happy with the way the show's been built. I think that there are more, far more great or at the very least good matches than there will be duds. And even the duds, I don't think are going to be terrible. They're just not matches that I'm personally stoked for, but they could very well surprise me. So from a fan excitement perspective, it's very high for me. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think, you know, people can look at the card and not say they're let down. Now, if you look at specific matches, that might be the case. But when you look at the card as a whole, it is one of their best built pay-per-views I think they've had. You know, because AEW... If I had any critique for them, would be sometimes they don't build their pay-per-view matches. This entire pay-per-view feels built. And the excitement is at an all-time high, which is saying a lot. Because I think All Out carried a very exciting energy to it. But I don't think anyone knew what was going to happen at the end of that show. This has a clear potential ending that the world wants to see. And I just, you know, I can't wait to get into all these matches because I I look at the card right in front of me and everything feels like it could either surprise, deliver, or just be really freaking good. Yes. Should we get to our uh, first match of the night? Uh, the buy-in, rather? Yes, of course. Uh, let's do the buy-in. Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa team up to face off with Jamie Hayter and Nyla Rose. Of course, this match comes off the basis that these two teams will be facing off against each other in the TBS tournament. Uh, the TBS Championship tournament, it will be Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter and Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose. How are your thoughts going into this one? I think it's a perfect match to hype up the fans in attendance and, you know, those watching at home. Total um, appetizer this match is. Just, you know, you always go into these sort of buy-in or pre-show matches with the expectation that they're going to catch your attention or knowing that these were made so that you can net a couple last-minute buys for the show. And this falls very much in line with that. You know, everybody in this match is very capable in the ring. So if you're looking for a strong match to kick off the night, this is as good a choice as any. I think back to the Serena D versus Riho opener. And I... I thought that was one that perfectly got the crowd into it. Of course, that was the first full-capacity crowd, uh, I think, in all of wrestling at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this... I, I remember we previewed that particular match, and we talked about it for like maybe 20, 
like 20 minutes to like a half hour and you were like we, we still have like a whole show to go and i'm like oh my god yeah. you're right. <laughs> yeah you remember that i do well it ended up delivering to be worth that 30 minutes which is very funny uh it was so good and i think this has the chance to do exactly that you have you know two former champions you have two former AEW champions here uh sheeta rose and then you have thunder rosa who's maybe the fan favorite in the women's division of AEW. And you have Jamie Hayter, who I think is someone that is a building block in that division. It just, everything makes it seem like it will be a perfect, like you said, appetizer for the main card. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said before, this match very much falls in line with the TBS Women's Title Tournament going on right now. The quarterfinals haven't aired as of this uh, recording, so... You know, we'll see how those matches play out in the future, but very interesting because you could you can make an argument for really anyone in this match going on to win the title. I don't know for sure if any of them will. If it were up to me, I feel like it's a toss-up between Thunder Rosa and uh, Ruby Soho, who's not in this match, obviously. But if I had to pick, like those would be the ones I'd see going all the way. I would love if they went with Rosa versus Soho in the finals because one, that's probably the best match you have. But two, it's not a bad thing to do babyface versus babyface. It's very easy. Like the way Soho and Statlander are selling their match, I think is spectacular. And I do have that feeling though. They're going to roll with Jade uh, at least in the finals. But that's a conversation for another day. Uh, I'm just excited for this match because, you know, anytime we get a second women's match and, you know, I'm not we're not getting into what uh, the rest of the, you know, wrestling world got into for like 24 hours about what Tony Khan said uh, about the women's division and whatnot. But Mm -hmm. I have hope for this and I think. The basis is that they're and they're going to give a second woman's title, which hopefully uh, guarantees two women's matches on the cards moving forward. I think that's my best way of looking at it, and I definitely hope Thunder Rosa gets a title soon. I think she's been waiting so long to. You know, I think everyone knows it's going to be her versus Baker eventually, but it just feels like she's had to wait on the sidelines. So I'm happy they put her in this tournament uh, because then she gets to do something. Uh, yeah, same here. And I do want to believe that eventually we'll revisit the Britt Baker-Thunder uh, Rosa rivalry because I do I felt like after their last match that there was a lot more left here. Like there was a lot more story that could have been told. It was just branching off the two wrestlers and have them do different things. So who knows? Maybe after uh, after full gear or you know later, like at the end of the year or maybe early 2022, we could revisit that. I wouldn't mind that. So let's get into the full card. I was trying to predict what the Mm -hmm. first match would be because i think they always want to start it off with something big something crazy 
And two matches really spoke to me for that. I think we're either starting with the inner circle versus American top team. Uh, you know, you have the crowd sing Jericho's music to kick off the show. Uh, it's a, what does he call it? Minneapolis street fight. So it'll just mm-hmm. be crazy. It's either that or super click versus Christian and Jurassic express, which is false count anywhere. Uh, I'm going to say we roll with the inner circle versus American top team, mostly because I am not a big fan of this feud. I don't know how you've felt, but I feel like wasting the TNT champion in a feud that he really had nothing to do with until like two weeks ago, just doesn't sit right with me, but I'm hopeful this is the end of the American top team stuff, which is really the big win for me. Yeah, this match. Um, well, I guess we could start with some of the positive aspects of uh, the one that stands out to me is Dan Lambert himself. I, I understand he's not everybody's cup of tea. I understand that he's not, you know, he's not somebody that excites everybody. You know, he comes off a little brazen and loud and obnoxious, but I feel like that's kind of the charm. Like, I love the heat that he generates simply by talking. And you could argue that some of his insults are low-hanging fruit, like, you know, insulting the size of smaller wrestlers or talking down about geeky interests like video games. But when it comes to, when it comes to um, you know, just generating heat through words, like, he's, he's a natural at it. Like, um, earlier this week on Rampage, when... Um, American Top Team and Men of the Year attacked the Inner Circle. You had Ethan Page telling Lambert, "You put put Chris in the walls, of Jericho," and Lambert does it. <laughs> and as he's doing this, like, you know, Lambert's shouting into the mic, "It's called a Boston Crab Championship Wrestling from Florida, nineteen <laughs> And I'm just, I when he did that, I fucking lost it, <laughs> just because it's so absurd and moronic but you can tell that he's a wrestling fan but he's taking this to like a whole level of goofy ass villainy i i love it it's such a fun um character in my opinion and it's it's something i enjoy watching whenever he comes out and people start booing him um i guess the negatives (sighs) Fuck me! I just about everything else. I feel like. <laughs> it really is everything else because I was I wanted to make the point of like <laughs> I have enjoyed some of what Dan Lambert's done because, like you said, he's a wrestling fan. But the story stinks. No offense to Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, but they make no sense in this feud. Mm-hmm. Jericho's been insufferable for months now. In my opinion, at least. And I think, you know, we had this conversation when we were talking about MJF versus Jericho, you know, for All Out. Like, it hasn't changed. It's just the same conversation of Jericho, I think, I think the magic of Jericho over, you know, the past decade is that after he had a good run, he'd go away a little bit. And then he'd come back, refresh with something new. We didn't really have that. He kind of just became like a weird uncle <laughs> after yeah. the world champion <laughs> stuff. <laughs> that like the weird uncle that you're like, yeah, sure. 
why did you say that? Like, that's awkwardly offensive. <laughs> like, that's yeah, what he is. He's sort of like, he's kind of like that, uh, that relative that you meet at the family re- reunion. And he's like begging for money so he can pay off his gambling debts or whatnot. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weird situation. And let me tell you, man, that this feud has further reinforced the idea that Jake Hager is garbage on the microphone. I think back to that November 3rd episode of Dynamite where he was talking and he did like the, the Popeye impression. Like, a that was pain. I, I, and I'm just thinking, to myself, oh my God. Like, I don't know what the what the crime is for putting a microphone in Jake Hager's hand, but I would imagine that it's within the range of three to five years in prison. So, I don't know. <laughs> so, so freaking bad. You See, know, that's I, the I, one I'm, thing I'm Vince nice. never I'm, allowed. Vince yeah, never allowed. I'm trying to be kind wrong. about dropping enough F-bombs because I already dropped, like, two in this one match, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the match to do it, I think. Like, out of this whole card. This is the match to do it. And I think it's it says a lot when you have Cody Rhodes on this card that this is the match I'm the least jazzed about. <laughs> listen, listen, at least the Cody match is probably going to be good. Yeah, I have absolutely. no idea what this is going to be. Like, this is a match that has the inner circle, which, you know, I still, if you, if I look at the entire career of Chris Jericho, I'm still a Chris Jericho fan. If I look at right now, please go away. Uh, (laughs) But Jake Hager, you know, Sammy Guevara is going to do something crazy. Santana and Ortiz are great. But then you look at the other side. And Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are very capable wrestlers. But they don't necessarily scream, I need to see this on pay-per-view. Uh Junior Dos Santos and Andre Arlovsky, I mean, I don't have much to say about them as wrestlers. I've seen Junior Dos Santos wrestle once. Mm-hmm. He was fine. And then, of course, Dan Lambert. That's going to be the entertaining aspect of this, seeing what he does. Um, I kind of was hoping they did put Paige Van Zandt in the match because she probably would beat the crap out of all five of them. And, oh, I, uh, it would have been great. Yeah, with Lambert, it's going to be very much a situation where he'll play the role of Shane McMahon at Survivor Series 2001, if you remember that, where he just is like the spoiler where he's breaking up pins and just being insufferable until somebody takes him out. He's going to be in that role. So I don't expect him to be having these clinics. I expect him to be a complete and utter annoyance until somebody, most likely Jericho, shuts him up. That's what we're going to see, I think. Yeah, I'm predicting the inner circle to win here. Yep, same. I think this is the end of at least the Lambert men of the year combo. I don't know if Lambert goes away necessarily, because I could definitely see, you know, someone like Paige Van Zandt actually become a wrestler down the line. Dos Santos seems like he wants to. I mean, this is already his second match. So... I don't think that's necessarily going away, but I think for now the angle will end and we can move on for a little bit, which is perfectly fine by me. But we both picked the inner circle. I think that's one of the layups of the night, but I guess we'll see. This match, however, this next match, Darby Allen versus MJF, I think is the opposite of a layup in terms of picking who actually walks out the winner. 
yeah, this is... To, to me, this is a match that can go either way. And I think for that reason alone, it's going to be one to keep an eye on. Especially considering the fact that these two are very much the the pillars, or two of the pillars of AEW. Them alongside Sammy Guevara and Jungle Boy. You look at them and it's like, yeah, these are going to be among the class of guys that are going to take this company well into the future. So for that for that reason as well, this is going to be a match to check out. Let me ask you, what are your thoughts on the pillar stuff? Because when MJF said a few weeks ago this company couldn't exist without those two, I, I legitimately laughed out loud mm. because like the idea that AEW, a company that has all these names now, all these guys that aren't even old. I feel like a lot of people are acting like they have these stars that are very old. Like, yes, you have CM Punk, who's older. You have Brian Danielson, who's older. But you still have Adam Cole, who's 32. You Like, the list goes on of, like, young talent that you still have. How have you liked this pillar stuff becoming, like, canon to the AEW world? I think that they're pillars in the sense that they're going to be the ones that help AEW years after a lot of these other guys have stepped down. Like someone like Chris Jericho, I mean, you know, I don't know how much longer he's going to wrestle, but you look at him, it's evident that his best years are behind him. You look at someone like Kenny Omega, who's still putting on great matches, obviously, but you can make the argument that the wear and tear in his body could lead him to stepping away or at the very least bringing back his schedule a little bit. It's, I mean, could AEW survive without them? Possibly, but you have to be very long-term oriented when it comes to wrestling as well as any other kind of combat sports or sports company. You need to really look into the future and, you know, like or hate Darby Allen and MJF, they're going to be guys that are instrumental in the company's long-term growth. So I think in that sense, they, I think they've earned that pillar status. I can agree to that. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's just an interesting thought to see that these four are what Tony Khan and company have essentially set up as the future stars. I guess we'll see what happens, but... Mm-hmm. When you sign guys like Daniel Garcia, Lee Moriarty, you know, I feel like things start to change. Like maybe, sure, maybe at the beginning of AEW, these were the four, but who knows? Like, who knows what happens? Who knows who gets over? That's how wrestling works, right? Mm -hmm. Things change. Uh, You know, Daniel Bryan wasn't supposed to main event WrestleMania, but it happened. Uh, So... Makes me think, uh, when it comes down to picking who wins here, one, I think this should be a very good match. I remember the match between MJF and Sammy Guevara being very good, and I think Darby works a little bit similar. He's a smaller guy who just wrestles really well. So I'm going to go with MJF here. I think he actually needs the win more than Darby, uh, especially following that Jericho loss. Yeah, so before I offer my own prediction, did you know that this is only their second ever singles match? 
When was their first? PWG 16 back in July 2019. How about that? Yeah. That makes this even more interesting then. Yeah. Yep. Darby Allen beat MJF in that particular match. And I know that you predicted MJF winning. I think we're going to see a PWG repeat. I think Darby Allen's going to win a full gear. Hmm. So here's my, the only reason I'm picking MJF is I think they're going to want to build him for Hangman. Mm-hmm. Of course, it could be a little early. You don't need him to start winning right out of the gate. But ugh, that loss to Jericho, man, like, I'm sorry. MJF did not get momentum from be- beating Brian Pillman Jr. I'm sorry. He just didn't get momentum from that. No one got from momentum from that. All they got was a fast forward on my remote. Anyways, oh, Jesus Christ. Anyways, <laughs> we <laughs> we can move on because okay. okay, so the first time of the night we are 50-50. We didn't predict the opener to be fair, but like we're just looking for a good match there. Uh all right. Christian and Jurassic Express team up to face the super click, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks in a falls count anywhere. This one has the opportunity to be match of the night just because it's going to be nuts. And speaking of PWG, this feels like a very much PWG out of this world type match. And two, this is Adam Cole's first pay-per-view match in AEW. So how have you liked Adam Cole's uh, run in AEW so far? I think that his run so far is very much a prelude for greater things to come. Uh, he debuted at All Out in September. And from that point on, the that feud with Jungle Boy really kicked off, quite literally, in fact, <laughs> when he super kicked Jungle Boy when he was standing up uh, alongside the Elite. And just from there, like, Cole had this, had it out for Jungle Boy, and they've exchanged attacks, had their groups come in and fight. And... I definitely believe that this is going to be a great match. It's not going to be like one of the premier matches, but it's going to be one that is going to be very important to Adam Cole in the future, because I do believe that he's going to eventually going to be one of the world title contenders. You know what I've been thinking when it comes to Jungle Boy and Adam Cole? They've made a serious effort to make this something maybe you know a year or two maybe three down the line jungle boy is the one to beat adam cole for the aw world title maybe that's who he beats for his first world title just you know because that's the type of thing aw does they Mm -hmm. they like to plant these seeds we're literally seeing it in the main event like they planted seeds since the very beginning for this main event. Just a thought. I think Adam Cole being world champion and being defeated by Jungle Boy for that title down the line is a potential thing to think about. Uh, But this match is going to be nuts. You got the Young Bucks automatically guaranteed to just be crazy. You got Adam Cole. I think the super click works so well together. This might sound weird but i feel like christian cage is kind of like the odd man out here because he does not wrestle this style anymore i mean you know this is a guy that 
went through TLC one, two, three, and you know, he did so many crazy things back in the day, but he's so much more of a traditional wrestler, uh, really since like 2005 and on. So it should be interesting to see how he fits into this. Yeah, same. I think that looking at the match and his involvement, he's going to be very much the veteran presence who keeps the match grounded. I think that he's going to do a job in the sense that he'll, you know, keep the match from getting too off the rails. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's good to have him in a match anyway, just because he's always reliable. I've, you know, I've been watching Christian cage ever since I was a teenager, you know, I, I can't remember him having very many bad matches, so which is a testament to him, really. We could probably find a few if you wanted me to, but I'm not going to. Uh, yeah. But here's my example of why he's probably going to be great in this. Him and Randy Orton in that SummerSlam match, I think that was mm-hmm. a street fight or No Holds Barred. Maybe it was No Holds Barred. They're all the same, but nonetheless, he was great in that, so I'm sure he can... Uh, be great in this. Like you said, Christian Cage doesn't have many bad matches. Now it's time to talk about Robbie's favorite wrestler. Mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes and Pac team up to face Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo. This match has been in the works for a couple weeks now. Uh, well, a couple weeks now, but Malachi and Cody, you know, had been feuding for a long time. I think this is a match that's going to get overlooked going into the show. But the way Pac's been wrestling lately, you know, he just had that great match with Dax Harwood on Dynamite and a few weeks ago, the match with Andrade. Malachi Black has been an absolute treat since going over AEW. Andrade is finally, you know, returning to form in my eyes. And then there's Cody. Anyways, (laughs) 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 I knew that would get you. How do you feel about this match? I think this is one that, should be very exciting, but also be a little bit polarizing because of Mr. Cody. Well, um, I don't know what your expectations were heading into this episode, and this goes for you as well as those listening. If you're expecting another epic Cody rant, um, I hate to disappoint you. You're not getting it here just because this isn't a match that I look at with disdain. It's just more of intrigue just because the 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 pairings involved are very interesting. Uh, you know, I mean, first and foremost, I'm happy to see Pac in a pay per view match, even if it's not a prominent fixture in the show. You know, like the Super Click or Hangman Page. You know, Pac deserves a spot on the show. He's an excellent wrestler, and I can say the same thing about uh, Malachi Black and Andrade. I would like to say that Pac, I think, has been just on a different level since he came back. I mean, he's come back so many times, it feels like. He's had to take so many breaks. But I just think this is going to be really fun. Him and Andrade are going to do some crazy stuff. I mean, we got we got three former NXT champions here, Robbie. This is a dream Triple H match. And then we have Cody. But it's a dream. <laughs> it's a dream match for poor Triple H. I mean, he's probably going to be, like, crying while he's watching this. Yeah, I'm just... Yeah, that that that's the sad part, isn't it? Like, you look at, you know, Pac, you look at Malachi Black, you look at Andrade El Idolo, 
these were three former NXT champions that saw success on that particular show, moved up to the main roster. The people running that show didn't know what to do with them, couldn't figure out how to make up a buck off any of them. And now they're AEW stars that are either heavily featured or super popular or on the rise. So, you know, hey, good on them for managing to carve out careers once they left the other company. And no worries, Keith Lee will be joining the crew. Uh ha. Okay. Hmm. I'm gonna try I'm trying to pick I feel like it could go either way. I mean one team has Cody, so you know. I'm gonna pick Black and Andrade, the Zelina combo. And if you understand that, Malachi Black actually gave background information in an interview of why they were teaming up, citing Zelina Vega, and I was like, that's cool. Like that I like that we're making sense of these things. Uh yeah, I'm gonna pick them. I think Pac maybe just gets sick of Cody, walks away on him. Or maybe Cody turns heel and walks away on Pack. Who the hell knows? I just think this will be a very good match, and the heels should definitely win. Yeah, I I would agree. I'm going to say that uh, Malachi and Andrade come away with the victory. I don't know if it's going to come as the result of a Cody heel turn or if a Cody heel turn happens after that, because I feel like we've been speculating on this. And when I say we, I mean... AEW fans at large, we've been speculating this for. I a mean, long we did time. it when we talked Cody a go go. So yeah, exactly. You know, we don't really know for sure. I feel like it's been talked about so much that the it's almost like the boat has sailed on that. If it does happen, it's a fun surprise, but I'm not holding out any hope that it happens. Yeah, they'll probably have Pack just turn his back on the on him, which is perfectly fine with me. I would too. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get some. Title matches going here. The AEW World Tag Team Championships are on the line as the Lucha Bros face off with the self-proclaimed greatest Lucha tag team in the world, FTR. I think this is going to be fantastic. And really, that's all I have to say. So, Robbie, how you feeling? I mean, you're not wrong saying this match is going to be fantastic given the teams that are involved here. You know, you look at the Lucha Brothers who, you know, have nothing but great tag team matches. You look at FTR, a very grounded, very capable, very reliable, old school style team. It There's this clash of styles at play, but it works. It's very much a peanut butter and jelly or peanut butter and chocolate, peanut butter and fluff, whatever it is that you whatever combination you enjoy this is what we have at at play here and you know we're looking at this match with a bit of heat because back in october uh ftr in disguise as las superanas beat the lucha brothers for the triple a world tag team titles it was a it was a goofy way to do it but i thought the match itself was very solid and i think that this match of full gear is gonna kick it up a notch I think the Lucha Bros, for my money, are the best tag team in wrestling right now. Mm. Uh, I think some people would say the FTR is that for them. Uh, You know, you throw the Young Bucks in there, you throw the New Day, the Usos, tag team after tag team, the list goes on and on. I just think they're going to deliver another match. I think the Lucha Bros need to win here. I don't think it's really a question 
of who should walk out. I think we need to get to Lucha Bros versus Santana and Ortiz before they drop these titles. Yeah, not just not just that particular uh, match in the future. And I do agree that the Lucha Brothers should win. And the thing is that they've only held the AEW tags for a couple of months. It's it's a little bit early to take them off at this point. Uh, Santana and Ortiz would be great future opponents for them. I could see them, you know, going back and focusing on Lucha Brothers and Jurassic Express. Hell, maybe Lucha Brothers versus Best Friends. And the only reason I say that is because I'm so fucking sick of this Best Friends Hardy Family Office feud. Please, can we end it? <laughs> I'm just, I'm done. I'm with so it. happy that has nothing to do with this pay per view because I would have been very upset. Yeah, I'm just give 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 Chuck Taylor and Wheeler Yuta something else to do. Man, this is this is ridiculous. Hey, they're part of chaos. They they are now. They are. They've yeah. Rocky Romero gave them the pass. So. Hey, good on them. So yeah, we're picking Lucha Bros. I mean, I if they lost, it'd be a crime. Yeah, like, I don't. It would be no, a crime. I don't see them losing. Hopefully, they don't. Anyways, let's get to the next title match on our agenda. The AEW Women's World Championship is on the line as Doctor Britt Baker. I did the. I did the finger thing you can't see it but like i did it and i was hoping like you knew to be like the crowd and say okay never mind DMD. (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to see if you were a mark because like i needed you to respond whatever uh she faces ty conchi former uh i think she's a black belt she's not a former black belt she's a black belt uh in judo maybe i don't know pretty impressive either way uh I don't think this match is going to be great. And that hurts me because I like Ty Conchie. I think she's very good. But Britt Baker is very hit or miss. And I just don't think they necessarily combine for a match that makes a lot of sense to me i don't i don't know if maybe i'm off here i mean the feud strictly came from anna jay and that match that i did not like Mm -hmm. i'm hoping i'm wrong because you know brit's last defense against chris statland was great thought that was really good so i'm hoping i'm wrong i just i don't have high hopes this is a tricky one yeah it's and you know, I gotta say, first and foremost, uh, Tai Conchi, e- easily one of the most improved wrestlers of the past year. Uh, you know, she came into AEW last year following her release from WWE, and from my standpoint, the tie that we're seeing in AEW is worlds different from the one we've seen in WWE. When she wrestled there, it almost like it was almost like she wrestled in slow motion. Almost like she was working a style or, you know, kind of following a philosophy that didn't mesh with her uh, combat style. But when she got to AEW, it's just like, wow, okay, where where has this wrestler been? It's very much a, a situation where just the change of scenery went a long way. Uh, that being said, very much like Britt Baker, she can't have a great match with everyone just because... There is that um, 
that that element of inexperience or maybe just not being able to gel with everybody. I do feel like these are two wrestlers that need to be with wrestlers that better complement their styles. I don't want to say this match is going to be a dud just because we don't know for sure, but I think it's fair to temper your expectations, you know? It's a very nice way of saying it will stink. (laughs) I could see. I like having low expectations for matches though, because when they're good, I it's a great time. You know, your your expectations are, you know, either met or you know outdone. So that's what I'm hoping happens. I thought I was supposed to be the jerk ass of this duo. Jeez. Well, to be fair, we you you weren't that bad with Cody. So I mean, now it's just it's game on. It's. 50-50 50-50 here <laughs> the rest of the way. I don't think any of either of us are going to be jerk-ass for the next three matches, though. Uh, I think we're all excited. By the way, Britt Baker wins. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's that's fair to say. Like I said before, I want to see that feud with Thunder Rosa become renewed because, if for no other reason, those matches with Rosa were some of the best that Baker's ever had, and I'd like to see more of that. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament Final. Miro versus Brian Danielson. Uh, there's a lot's happened since the last time you know we had this show. Brian Danielson has just done it all. It feels like in a very short time he wrestles Kenny Omega. Rocky Romero, Minoru Suzuki, Bobby Fish, Anthony Bowens. I mean, like, the range of, like, these random but great matches. Uh, The Eddie Kingston one, which might be one of his best. Dustin Rhodes, that was a great match. It's easy to say that Brian Danielson has been an absolute star, not so shocking, since coming back. And he will take on... Of course, Miro, a man who wants to see his wife again, because I guess uh, I, I I don't know God hasn't let him. I I've been a little lost on that story. I'm not gonna lie. To you. <laughs> I've been like I was like I, I feel like you could have went home, my guy. Like I don't I don't think I don't think Lana said you know what you lost the belt you can't come home. Like I don't like she never won anything. So I, I what why does she have that power? Uh, either way. This has all the makings to be a match of the night contender. These two are just going to beat the living bleep out of each other. So, Robbie, how have you how have you uh, enjoyed the Brian Danielson era of AEW so far? I think the best way I could describe Brian Danielson in AEW is more violent and more impactful than what we've seen of him in WWE as Daniel Bryan. Not to say that his matches in WWE were bad. They've been great, obviously. But you look at what he's doing now, now that he's in AEW, and it just seemed like back then he was more restrained. He couldn't do nearly as much as he probably would have liked. Now here, it's like the cuffs are off. And you see that in every match that he's worked, whether it was against, like you said... Uh, Bobby Fish, Minoru Suzuki, Kenny Omega. The Kenny Omega match, which I was there live at Arthur Ashe with my brother. Yeah, sick and, brag, bud. 
yeah, humble brag, humble brag. It's a great <laughs> but brag. It's it was it was great. I, I I can't say enough good things about Danielson's run in AEW so far. It's been it's been great, especially because he is probably my favorite wrestler going right now. It's great to see. I just uh, everything he does now is like must see. Like even him fighting Anthony Bowens was must see, and that's not a shot at Anthony Bowens, but just the idea that Danielson can make something great, literally with any different type of opponent. That's why I'm so excited to see what he does with Miro because Miro has been great since winning the TNT title all those months ago. I just I can't wait for this match, but. We got to predict who wins this. And I I'm going to th- I'm going to say Miro. I'm going to say Miro wins this. Mm. Uh, before I offer my own prediction, another little piece of trivia. This is the first time that Danielson and Miro have wrestled one-on-one since May 8th of 2018. It was like a King of the Ring tournament like No, no, it was a it was oh, a no. Money in the Bank qualifying match on an episode of SmackDown. Money in the bank. How yeah, money that? in the bank. Yeah, back then, Danielson was Daniel Bryan, leader of the Yes Movement. Miro was Rusev doing the Rusev Day stuff with Aiden English, which, by the way, was fun. I, I enjoyed that. But yeah, it, little piece of trivia. But as far as my prediction is concerned, initially I thought it was going to be Danielson. But I think as the days went on, I started to think on it a little bit more, and I. And I wondered, would a loss really hurt him at this stage? Because he's gone undefeated in singles competition, in competition in AEW in general. So for me to say that he needs this win isn't necessarily accurate. Meanwhile, I look at Miro, who recently lost the TNT title and seems to be on the cusp of breaking into the world title picture. This could be the best way to do it. So I agree. I would say that Miro moves on to the finals, wins the finals, and goes on to challenge whoever holds the AEW world title. So I thought about it, and I think Miro is going to be a desperate man in this match. Mm -hmm. I could see some sort of cheating, any sort of desperation, because again, you know, uh, he wants to see his wife, Mm -hmm. and he's got to win. So Desperation's coming, I think, for Miro. I I don't think Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. We, we we kept switching the names. You know, uh, I, 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 I take the blame for that. I take yeah, the blame. You, you messed my brain up. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten so used to doing Brian Danielson again, and then like, ah, oh, you got me. Uh, I think Brian Danielson loses. He's definitely not going to be affected, and I think it gives him another story of like you know having to build back to another chance at the world title. Um, But yeah, I can't wait for this match. I really, I can't wait for these last three matches. So let's get to what I think somehow has become the second most anticipated match in a two week span. CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. There's no title on the line. There is just blood sweat tears an opportunity to prove oneself 
everything about this match, this feud, screams professional wrestling. I can't wait for this one. Robbie, how have you liked the sudden but phenomenal build for these two going head-to-head? I gotta say, honestly, I didn't like the build at first. They had that one run-in on mm, the on, in the, this last month, late last month, where Eddie Kingston interrupted CM Punk's promo and they were shouting at each other. I thought to myself, oh, okay, they're going to go with this. That's it's fine. Then they had their promo on Rampage on November 5th. That, that sold me. It, all it took was that one promo where they're starting off standing at opposite corners of the ring and they're just getting more and more fired up. Kingston saying that he looked up to guys like Punk, like Samoa Joe, Homicide, Amazing Red, saying they inspired him, but believed that Punk buried him for a bunch of reasons, whether it was his, his weight or not playing politics or what have you. Meanwhile, Punk's firing back, saying that everybody held Kingston to a standard they believed that he deserved, only for him to fall short. He called Eddie Kingston a bum. And let me tell you something. If there's anybody that knows how to make the word bum sound visceral and toxic, it's CM Punk. Like, I loved this freaking promo, this segment. And I think it helps that looking at it, there really isn't a clear babyface heel dynamic. They're just people, which is really what wrestling is when you think about it. It's a, it's this series of stories involving people. You could argue that maybe Punk was out of line saying things he said to Eddie, which is fine, but if you look at it from a broad standpoint, they're two human beings with this with this grudge that feels real, even if it's not realistic, even if it's not rooted in any sort of reality, you just need to believe a little bit of it. And I think that this view did a great job in providing just this, the, the suspension of disbelief that wrestling should be built upon. If there's anyone right now that can get CM Punk booed, I think it's Eddie Kingston. And like you said, there isn't a heel face dynamic. It's two guys wanting to prove a point, wanting to wrestle. It's what professional wrestling is at the heart of it. I think your point about how Punk called him bum was perfect. I think my other favorite line was when he said, after I beat you, you can go quit for seven years. And Punk did not like that. You know, he hit them with the headbutt. They brawl. Uh, Wednesday night on Dynamite, they were in the back ready to brawl again. They have done everything in their power to make this feel special. And it does. It does feel special. And I think... People are going to want Eddie Kingston to win. After he released that Players' Tribune article, uh, you know, the story of him just trying to make it, I think, is such an easy thing to believe in. Well, on the other side is a man who did make it 
to the very top and walked away for seven years. It's an interesting, it's an interesting story when you look at it that way. And when it comes down to who wins, I don't think this is their first match. I don't. I think, I think they have another one in them. I think that this feud can build to that. I, I was for certain we were going to end up with Kingston and Mox versus Danielson and Punk down the line. I was very confident with that because you know. Mox was probably going to be in the AEW World Title Tournament final. Now, Punk versus Kingston one two, you can get you can get mileage out of this, and I think for this first one, CM Punk walks away as the winner. I would agree. I think CM Punk's going to be the the guy walking out of this victorious, and it's it's good to see CM Punk with an actual feud going on right now, even if it's not going to be a a long one, just because I feel like ever since he came to AEW, like a lot of his segments involved him coming out saying, Hey, what's up St. Louis or what's up New York and would give these babyface promos, which, you know, people aren't bored with them, but as somebody who likes these pro wrestling stories involving people, like we just talked about, I wanted to see him do more, and this feels like Punk's first true feud, and it's a great one. It is, and if this is really like the launching point for CM Punk to really get into feuds and whatnot, we can only celebrate it that much more. But now it's time we get into the main event, the biggest match in AEW history. Kenny Omega, the AEW World Champion, defends his title against Hangman Adam Page. Robbie, I'll let you take it away. Okay, so to say that this is a long-running story in AEW would be an understatement, to be sure. And this isn't a story that goes goes weeks or months in the past, it's one that goes back, you can date back all the way to AEW's first ever press conference on January 8th, 2019. For those who remember, Hangman Page was one of the company's first signees, along with guys and people like, you know, Joey Janela and Britt Baker and Pac. He was one of the first guys that they signed, and when he was at the press conference, he made the claim that he was going to be the first ever AEW world champion. Now, Page started strong with that goal in mind. He won the Casino Battle Royale, the first double or nothing. That afforded him a spot in in the future world title match. Page went undefeated in the next two events, leading to All Out. At All Out, he faced Chris Jericho, and even though the stars seemed aligned, Page fell short. He lost, and Chris Jericho became the champion. From there, Page became more distant with his friends in the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, was showing more signs of self-doubt, Was seemed to be more interested in you know, taking to a bottle or downing a couple cold ones as opposed to wrestling these intense matches with his friends like even when he and kenny omega won those 
AEW World Tag Titles in January of 2020, you could make you could definitely tell that Paige was very distant from everybody else. You know, it was almost like you know he had all these ex- expectations put upon him, and he fell very short. Now you fast forward all these months later, and things have changed a little bit. Paige has become a more confident person. He's found new friends in the Dark Order. He's not this, you know, kind of brooding character. He's very much like a working class hero type to the people. And people love him still, even all these months later. Even when other people have come in, like CM Punk, Brian Danielson, people still love the hangman. They want to see him get his happy ending. Meanwhile, you have Kenny Omega, this self-important AEW world champion who's, you know, having his ego fluffed by the Young Bucks and Don Callis and the Good Brothers. You know, he's more nefarious. He's more in this for himself. And you can definitely see how the um, how the dynamic has changed since the beginning of AEW. And I, I talked a, a, in more detail about this in a piece I wrote for Last World on Sports Pro Wrestling, which published earlier today. But generally speaking, this is a story that dates back to the origins of AEW. So this this feels like the resolution to all of that. It's the end of the first chapter, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know, AEW, first two years. A lot has happened. You know, COVID derailed a lot. Maybe this was supposed to happen earlier. I don't I don't know. Probably not. But since the beginning, it's been about Hangman Page. In a sense, he's been the main character of AEW. You know, if you were to play a video game about the someone in AEW, you would be Hangman Page. You would be him. You would follow his story. He would be the person that you, you know, you try to get to the top and just as you're about to win, it goes to a cutscene and it goes the other way. The beauty of what they've told with Hangman Page is that despite all the new signings, You know, you've added CM Punk, Danielson, Cole, Christian Cage, Andrade, Aleister Black, all this year. But at the end of the day, the one who gets the loudest reactions, the one who the fans want to see become the AEW World Champion, that is still the hangman. And I I can't help but applaud AEW for sticking with their guns. I was always a Hangman Page fan, even before he came to AEW. And I remember, I remember writing an article about him Mm -hmm. uh, when he, you know, I think it was for Double or Nothing, maybe, you know, right before. Maybe, uh, maybe not. Maybe it was all out. Either way. Uh, I remember and... Some people just didn't believe he had it. They didn't believe he'd get over. Well, Robbie, to say he got over would be an understatement. And I think on 
Saturday night, right as the clock's about to hit 12, we'll have a new AEW world champion in Hangman, Adam Page. You know, I don't think that's a that's a controversial stance to have. Um, I think that anyone who's watched AEW for any length of time would agree that he should be the guy who defeats Omega for the AEW world title. Even if not everybody agrees with that point, which brings me to uh, Bully Ray. <laughs> um, on Busted Open Radio earlier this month, he talked about the main event of Full Gear and said pretty much that Hangman shouldn't win the title and that the focus should be on getting him more heat. Um, first off, uh, Bully Ray's a dumbass. Uh no, this should not be the thing. I disagree wholeheartedly with that stance because, like I said before, this has been an ongoing story dating back to the formation of AEW. So the idea of it being concluded at full gear you know, all this time later is good storytelling. And let's say that doesn't happen at full gear. Let's say that Omega wins. What if AEW eventually puts the title on page they could obviously but if you do that you run the risk of paying off this happy ending way too late you know think tetsuya naito in new japan pro wrestling or braun Strowman in wwe yes those guys eventually won their respective world titles but to to a fan's perspective it felt like too little too late you know you had these opportunities where these guys were white hot at the time where you could have pulled the trigger and made them the focal point of your companies for the future but you you put it off and when it finally happened it's like okay and what happens if they never got it like what happens if they never got those world title runs it's almost like companies kind of playing keep away like um let's put it this way um i have a younger brother Scotty, I know you have a younger sister, right? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, going back to childhood, like you, you probably played like keep away with her, right? Like you had something that mm-hmm. she really wanted, and you would like dangle it in front of her face or above her head, and you would, and she would like reach up and grab it, and then you would like yank it back at the last minute, oh, and yeah. you do that a couple times, right? You would do it over and over. But the thing is, is that with that particular game, it's, you know, eventually you got to give what you have to them right if you don't you kind of get this sort of like you know fuck you heat from the fans it's like okay you're not going to give it to me anyway i'm not i don't want to play right now that's the thing right like eventually you've got to give the people what they want like a game of keep away you know you can keep dangling the carrot in front of my face all you want if you're not going to give it to me i'm not going to like i'm not going to play ball like go fuck yourself right so <laughs> yeah, that's the thing I don't want them to wait too long. And by them, I mean AEW. To, I don't want them to wait too long to put the title on Hangman Page. And I don't think they're going to. I believe, much like yourself, they're going to put the title on Page at full gear. And that's because, from my experience, unlike WWE, AEW is not solely focused on getting heat on their villains. They are very... Uh, focused on also letting their good guys shine and ultimately seize the day. So that's what I think is going to happen at full gear. There's magic about the chase. 
there's magic around the chase to the world title. We saw we've seen it countless times in pro wrestling. Brian, Kingston, uh, Austin, countless times. You know, mm-hmm. Becky Lynch. There are names in history. I would like to say Naito, but that wasn't the case. It they mm-hmm. waited too long. It comes a time where you got to rip off that band-aid. You just got to realize, okay, this isn't about heat. This is about satisfying the fans. This is about getting that moment that people have been waiting for. I remember when they had to push off Hangman, or not really push off, this was planned, uh, when they ended up not doing it all out, and people thought, oh, you're kidding me. Like, that's waiting too long. It really hasn't been. It, it's it been perfect timing. You know, they had those surprises that made people think, okay, well, it's fine. We can get over it. This is the time. You, you know, the Naito comparison has been a constant over the past couple days. And rightfully so. For me, like you have said, it's certainly the time. Um... I, I hope Hangman not only wins, he gets the reaction he long deserves. Everything about this should be perfect. It should be that Kofi Kingston WrestleMania moment. It should be that Daniel Bryan WrestleMania moment. It should be what every chase in wrestling always leads to, and that is that perfect moment. And I'm I'm very confident we get that on Sunday. Not Sunday, Saturday night. So my one last question for you, Robbie. Does Hangman Page kick out of the one-winged angel? To say that move is protected would be an understatement, right? I would say that yes. I think this is going to be the night where that one-winged angel is kicked out of. It's going to be a big moment. I believe the only other person that's kicked out of it was Kota Ibushi, another former tag team partner of Omega's. So if it's going to happen in AEW, it's going to happen in full gear. They've written it perfectly. I thought that line they had on Wednesday night where he said, you know, you try to rise above a former tag team partner. I thought that was just perfect because mm-hmm. it gives that idea that maybe it's the same road here. Uh, I know Okada put his foot on the rope once to get out of it, but that's not kicking out. Kicking no. out is getting that shoulder up, letting the crowd just freak out. I, I, I agree. I think we do get that moment. I don't think there's anyone... More important than Hangman Page to kick out of that move come Saturday night. So, Robbie, we have went down the 10-match card. What is the excitement level at for Full Gear? I would say if we're looking at, you know, a scale of 1 to 10, mine is at a very solid 9. I think that, you know, barring the the Minneapolis street fight, 
I'm excited for this show. I think you can look at most of the matches here and find something to enjoy or ideally be super stoked about. So I'd say 9 out of 10 is pretty fair. We're on the same wavelength there. Uh, I guess I'll just say 10 out of 10 to be different. But the excitement is there. Uh, It's funny because, you know, out of 10 matches, you pick 9 out of 10 because you're not excited for one. <laughs> yeah, good, good I mean, it's a fair distribution model, right? It is, it is. I think nine's a very fair number. Uh, but Robbie, thank you for joining me once again here on the show. I can't wait to, uh, you know, hopefully have a nice review with you somewhere next week. We'll figure that out when the time comes. But thank you for joining me for my first episode back. And uh, let's go enjoy some great professional wrestling here with AEW Full Gear. Yeah, absolutely. And Scotty, thank you once again for having me on the show. You know that me coming on these shows and previewing and reviewing the shows is always a highlight. And once again, super happy to be on the Revived Wrestling with Edwards show. Um, you know, I you know I think very highly of your work. I've told you this multiple times over. And, you know, it's it's good to see you kind of back in the saddle. Very proud of all you've done. And uh, can't wait to see what else you're doing in the future. You know, I appreciate you, Robbie. Uh, let, me le- let me allow you to get your, uh, you know, where people can find you on Twitter, uh, writing-wise, uh, Fightful Magazine, you know, all that good stuff. Let me, let's hear it. I want the people to know. Okay, so if you want to check out my work or connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at KHS Notebook on Twitter. Kyle Hyde's Notebook, which is a an old it's an old it's a reference to an old Nintendo DS game, but that's neither here nor there. You can find me there at Twitter. You can also find my work at lastwordonsports.com slash pro wrestling. You can find my work, you can find Scotty's work, you can find our our diverse teams, diverse work there. If you want to check out anything, whether it's WWE, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Ice Ribbon, uh, Gata Move Pro Wrestling, which is you know how to get that in there. Um, <laughs> if that. you want to check out my stuff at uh, you know outside of that, uh, like I said before, Fightful Magazine, I contribute there. I work on uh, retro gaming columns. So if you want to check out the latest issue as well as previous issues in the series, check out fightfulmag.com. Yes, follow Robbie, go check out all his work. He co- he's the best person to cover got to move in the world. I'm going to put that out there right now. I'm going to give him all that credit. Uh but Robbie, thank you again and uh have a great rest of your night. Thank you, Scotty. You as well. Thanks again for having me.